This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. From NBCSports.com, their NBA insider, Mr. Kurt Heelan. How are you, Kurt? I'm doing good. How's it going? Good. Appreciate you coming on board. Uh, I want to start here because I don't know if your ears were ringing or burning or whatever they're supposed to do when somebody's talking about you, uh, not directly to you. But I've mentioned your name with uh, several of my guests over the uh, last month or so because I had to give you credit. You and I talked before the playoffs got underway and we were talking about the bubble. And you were the first guy I heard or uh, mentioned tampering central in uh, Orlando, Florida, <laughs> that all these players are going to be on top of each other and dealing with each other and hanging with each other, which they don't usually get the chance to do. Yeah, common area areas, and they had bracelets on. They said they couldn't get too close, but some significant conversations could be had. And uh, I mentioned it to several other NBA insiders over the last month. They said, yeah, that's a real good point. And you were the first one to make it. Have you stayed on top of it? Do you know how much tampering has actually gone on down in the bubble? It's really hard to say, um, I think, even for the guys in the bubble, only because, like, the guys are talking to each other all the time. But, uh, you know, it's the kind of, they're seeing each other in the hallways. They're getting to know each other a little but. 90% of those conversations, just like 90, you know, percent of the, like 95% of those conversations, like at an all-star game or whatever, not, it's about kids and cars and clubs and restaurants. And well, in the bubble, it's been a lot about wine. Like, you know, like who, who's brought in the good bottles of wine and where they're getting them. Like, you know, the important things. And then occasionally I bet there, is, you know, look, I know there is some discussion of, Hey man, look, You'd look good in a Heat slash Lakers slash whatever uniform. Right. Um, but I, it's hard to pinpoint that, and it's really hard to say, you know, look, a lot of these conversations go on, Judy, and they never amount to anything. Like, they, the guys talk all the time, like, ah, oh, I would love to play with X. And they, it never just, it just never pans out. But something over the next couple of years will pan out with some of these And you can bet that there was, like, Giannis is really private, but you know some guys were trying to get to know him a little bit this thing, man. That's exactly where I was going to go. Thank you for going there for me. Has the Giannis tampering cooled with the fact that the Bucks were uh, they're back against the wall and almost eliminated in the game four of round two, and they only staved off elimination with Giannis not on the floor, back in the, the locker room? Do you think some of it is actually cooled? I'm doing this somewhat tongue-in-cheek. I hope you understand that. I do. I fig- I figured as much because Matt. No, it's still like look, they're getting eliminated. They're getting eliminated in the second round. 
And that is just not where the Bucks or Giannis thought they would be. And you know, I think we talked about this, Jody. The things that, that, that look, there's things that are linking him to um, Milwaukee. A, a, they can offer and will this, you know, they'll offer him a Supermax this offseason, whenever, whenever that starts. Uh, they'll offer him the Supermax. It's more money than anybody else can offer. But what we've seen is that the money isn't, you know, the owners thought that would be the thing that would keep, you know, that we call it the Kevin Durant rule. Like Kevin Durant won't leave again because there's all this money. That just hasn't been the case. Once you get north of salaries of $30 million, I mean, it's sad. I wish I had this problem. But, like, once you're north of $30 million, the difference of three or five million a year isn't worth the like. I'd rather be in a. I'll take the hit, quote unquote, to be in a better and working environment. So like, it's just not working that way. It is definitely his home. It's where his partner is. It's where his kid was born. It's it's the only place he's ever lived in the United States. The only place he's lived with family. They felt safe. So like, that is a real strong draw. But if they stink, like if he looks at this team as like, man, we're not good enough. And by the way, Boston is only going to get better. And Philadelphia might figure it out with a new coach and some tweaks on their roster. And, you know, on down the list, do I want to do this this way? I, I don't know. Like, I, I, he might, if he's a really competitive guy and he realizes his legacy is ultimately going to hinge on winning and he's just entering his prime, he might look around. And, you know, the, the, they, there's a lot of pressure on the Bucks this offseason to whether they make coaching changes or which I'm not sure they'll do, but whether they make that or some roster tweaks or whatever, they've got to find a way to, to make this team more of a playoff team than what they are. Uh, we were talking Giannis earlier and uh, you and I are on the exact same page with where he's at and where the team is at as far as his future goes. But let me ask you about his game. Miami's done a real nice job against him here in the first three games. And today I won't even count because uh, he was playing hurt to begin with. And he may have been playing hurt in the earlier games in this series. But uh, he's shown some flaws slash weaknesses in his game. Is Giannis the kind of guy who's going to take this to heart and come back and be even better after winning two straight MVPs? Nobody look. The guy is a hard worker. He puts in the time in the gym. He, put, you know, not only on his body, but I mean, in the gym, getting up shots or whatever. I don't think it's a question of work ethic, but his the weakness is the same, right? Like I, and you're, and I, I don't. It's not that he needs a three point shot. Man. He doesn't need to be Trey Young launching him from forty feet. Like what he needs is Kawhi Leonard's mid range or Chris Paul's mid range, right? He needs. On those drives where they put a wall in front of him, if he could pull up from 15 and knock that down 48% of the time, it changes everything. It just changes everything because now you've got to guard that. Right now, and I, I don't – he had a really good day. I mean, he was 8 of 10 today, and I have not looked at his shot chart. But he was – before this game and through the first three, he was shooting 18.5% outside the restricted area. Like, it's just not good enough. And he, I think he knows that. He has put on the, in the work on those, but he's just not taking those shots. And that's, I mean, it, I know everybody says this, but it's just the leap he's got to make. Again, it doesn't have to be threes, but if he can't, if, you, if I can pack the paint and form a wall and I know what's going to happen, really good defensive teams like the Heat can, can start to, to 
to stifle it, which is why they need a shot, another shot creator on that roster. But Giannis has got to do some work, too. Cardillon, NBA inside of NBCSports.com, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Um, did you see an update on Giannis's health, on his ankle? Uh, is he going to be able to play? Is he uh, is this serious or significant that's going to cost him the rest of the uh, series? What have you heard or uh, been able to ferret out? Not nothing much yet. I, it, you know how ankles are, by the way. And this is, I think, it's, everybody listening knows from from the times we've all twisted our ankles playing basketball or or you know football or whatever. It's tomorrow, like right, like it's the next day when you really find out how bad it is. Um, he's he left in a walking boot, but that is pretty standard in like in the NBA now. If you roll your ankle, you're in a walking boot, man. They're just immobilizing the thing. So. He couldn't put weight on it. He couldn't really leap off of it or plant. Um, is that going to be better? This is the second time he's tweaked that ankle in three days. Is that really going to be better enough in two days for him to play in any kind of meaningful way? We shall see. I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to say there's no way because I don't know. It's not my ankle, but that seems unlikely. And we'll and. And anyway you slice, it's going to be a game time decision. Because even if they already know he can't play, they're not going to inform the opposition of that fact until 10 minutes before the, before the game starts. He will be listed as questionable. He will probably he will work out pregame, and that's when you'll get a sense of uh, – or, or he won't work out pregame, and that's when you'll get the first sense of what's, what's really happening and how much weight he can put on this thing. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But you know how ankles are, too. It's it's Once you've stretched those ligaments, until you let it completely heal, those, it's easier to do it again. Agreed. We're talking to Kurt Heelan here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, let's flop to the other Eastern Conference series. Uh, when OG Ananobi, more like Obi-Wan Kenobi, made that unbelievable three-pointer with five-tenths of a second to go, it changed that series so dramatically. He misses. The Celtics are up three zip, and they've got confidence. They've got a massive lead. Going to be unbelievably tough for Toronto to overcome that. Well, they roll it right into a big effort in game number two, and now the series is sitting 2-2. I know I'm not going out on a limb here because when you're at 2-2, there's only two ways it can go, six games or seven games. This has got seven written all over it, doesn't it? I think so. I think these are – Two evenly matched teams, even though it didn't look that way in the first game. And, you know, if I'm the Celtics, I'm still, weirdly, I'm not as worried as you would think. Um, why have I lost two games? One, because look, we did not have a good fourth quarter, and then OG hits this ridiculous shot, um, which, you know, is going to be a highlight for a long time in Toronto and around the league. It's amazing. The pass from Lowry, by the way, might have been better than the shot. Then... We lost the second, you know, Boston lost that next game because they were, I think, five of 35 from three. They were just ice cold. They just, Jalen Brown could not buy a bucket. They right. just could not shoot that game. Eh, it happens. I don't think you have to make radical changes for them to get back to where they were. They just got to hit some shots. Um, there'll be some changes defensively and some stuff they want to do, but. You know, if, as much as we want to break down the X's and O's and talk about players, it's a make or miss league, man. And some days you just miss. And I don't think the Celtics are going to do that consistently. Agreed. And I think they're a better shooting team than they showed yesterday. But kudos and credit. A couple of those were wide open shots. But I thought Toronto yeah. got out and pressured and played the yeah, three point line pretty well. 
Uh, and I'll tell you, if you're if you're a Raptors fan, what feels good is that was Siakam's best game by far, and you could see his confidence growing and shooting over Jalen Brown and making. He was just better, and you need him to be better. He hasn't been as good in the postseason in the playoffs as he was during the regular season. Damn, he stepped right in. They didn't miss Kawhi Leonard much at all because he stepped into that star role as well as he did. You think it's a confidence thing, a pressure thing that was eating on him a little bit? I think it's a little bit that. I think it's also, man, he hasn't been on that stage before. He hasn't been in that spot. Um, he is learning what, what Kawhi can get to his spots because Kawhi is so strong, so physically strong and able to, the way LeBron is and, and some other guys, but like, Kawhi just muscles his way to the elbow and then goes rises up and you can't do much about it. And Siakam's got to get stronger. He was getting pushed around by smaller guys. Um, he, he, there's some stuff like that that he's got to work on. And can do, but I, I think this is also just he's a, man. He's young. He's just getting thrust into this spot, That's so I true. think he's just learning. And uh, I said this last night on the show: agree or disagree. As great as that pass that Lowry made, and it was phenomenal. And he is the veteran, and he is the leader. And Pascal is probably the most talented player on the team. I talk about it being a make or miss league. When Fred Van Vliet is lighting it up, he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. Yeah. And most of the time, he does just that. But he can go cold, too. I think that will decide this series. If Fred Van Vliet shoots it well from three, two out of these next three games, Toronto's going back to the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, he can be a bit streaky, and they've got to find a way to get him off his game a little bit. But he is when he's rolling, they, they are a much more dangerous team. You are you are. You are spot on, and they, you know, look, they're going to defend well, but it's really going to, both these teams defend well. It's also been, you know, for fans of X's and O's and stuff, I mean, Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens, it's been fun. Like, this is, this is, this is coaches really playing around. I mean, this Toronto throws so many defenses at you every game. I mean, this they, last game they rolled out zone, man to man, box in one, triangle in two, they just, they just, a bunch of others, they just, and it keeps switching them up so you never know what you're going to see. And it just it has kept Boston on its back foot a lot. Speaking of X's and O's, uh, just specifically in this round, the first round, we had the play-in, and they were scoring in the high 120s, 130s. Seemed like night in, night out. First round of the playoffs, still pretty good high-level scoring. This round, yeah, nobody's getting up into the 120s anymore. Uh, is it just a ratcheting up of defensive intensity? Is it the coaches figuring out how to play better defenses? First of all, do you agree that the scoring has come down? I'm pretty sure with my numbers, I didn't sit down and uh, break it down in a game-by-game basis. But uh, if I am right that the scoring has come down, why do you think that is? You say I, I have not run the numbers, but it does feel like it's come down. And I think it's – I think, look, you're down to eight teams um, – Outside of Denver, they all play good defense. Denver actually did for a stretch there um, last game. Like, you don't get this far if you can't get some stops. And so I think that you're just running into better, better, not even just better overall defensive teams, but teams that can roll out better individual defenders and make it difficult on the other team's stars. And so we're just starting to see this is the point in the playoffs where, hey, man, Chris Middleton had better step up, even if, you know, like, and, and he did today, but like, your second guy, your third guy, have got to start making plays, and that always just—you still get a drop in scoring with that. 
All right, we're a minute into this Laker game uh, second period tonight, and the Lakers have already jumped out to a 17-point lead. I think it was their first possession, Anthony Davis attempted a three, and I was rolling my eyes as I was getting ready to introduce you here on the show. And since then, he has made some nice post-up moves, gotten the ball to the hole. Even when he's gotten it on the perimeter, he has done more driving than uh, settling for long-distance jump shots. After watching game one, it seemed rather obvious to me that that was what had to happen here in game two, although I didn't know it after the first couple of possessions. Uh, Just good coaching by Frank Vogel, knowing, listen, they're going small. P.J. Tucker's a tough guy, but he is only six foot five and you're seven foot. Get within eight feet of the basket and score over this guy. Yeah, I... You've got to do it on the move a little bit. It's not so simple as just posting them up because P.J. Tucker is a bull. Man, the guy's strong. James Harden, you can't just move him out of the post. And you can go on down through, the, through that team. Eric Gordon and all these guys, they're, they're strong guys. It's, it's tougher to just post them up in a traditional sense. And you think you really need to get guys attacking and moving towards the basket. But that was always the key. Look, the Lakers have got to get points in the paint to be successful. They've got to... They've got to break down penetration, and then they've got to stop the Rockets' penetration. The Rockets, and it looked like a layup line last game, and that just can't happen. And it hasn't happened here in the first quarter tonight. Uh, Clippers got handled pretty well by Denver in game one to make that, in the game two to make that series 1 1. And I don't remember Kawhi having as off a overall offensive night. Some of it was shooting, and some was. Uh, he didn't protect the basketball, and they aggressively doubled and took it off him. Uh, what happened to Kawhi in game number two? Do you give credit to the Denver defense? I give some credit to Denver. Like, I mean, look, they've got some long. They got you know, like a Porter Jr., some long guys, defenders, and stuff. But I, I get a feeling it was just a flushable night for the you know Clippers. I think that they're better than that. They might be one of those teams that needs to feel a little pressure to really focus and come together and play everyone play as well as they should. Um, they, they don't necessarily, I mean, they've had, they're still a very talented team. They had a great regular season record and all that. I mean, they're second most West, but for them to reach the championship level peak, it almost feels like they have to be pushed before they do that. And so we'll see what, what they come out with in game three, because game one, I'm not going to hold too much against Denver either. They were, they were just flat, man. They were just tired. They were emotionally beat you know, and spent from the, from the last series, physically spent. They needed, they were going to have a flat game. By the results, I agree with your theory. Here's the only thing that doesn't add up for me. Doc Rivers' teams are not usually that way. No, that you're right. They, they don't usually need to be pushed. They don't need to get a kick in the tail to get to get it moving. It doesn't usually happen with Doc teams. But that has been the way the Clippers have played this year. I think you're right. Yeah. We'll see. They got a kick in the tail. It should show in game number three. Kurt, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. If you do get any good uh, tampering gossip, feel free to uh, shoot a text or a tweet. I'll be uh, looking for it. Jody, Jody, let's just start one. Let's just say Giannis to Memphis, and we'll just start rolling it and see if people buy it. Ooh, I like that. You want a quick story along those lines? I'm going to let you get back to the game here, and i got to get to a break anyway. I once did this. This is, shoot, 27, 28 years ago. On Philadelphia radio, because rumors were running rampant or whatever, I announced on the show that I was making something up. But if you weren't listening at that moment and you tuned in later, you might have just picked up. 
Bill Snyder, who coached forever at Kansas State, left, yeah. came back, just retired again. This is 1992, 93, is going to be the next coach of the Eagles. And damn if reports didn't start breaking out. Word <laughs> has, sources say, Bill, and I made it up on the air as I was sitting, and I announced that I made it up. But damn if some places didn't pick up on it. So what did you just say? Giannis to Memphis a possibility? Sure, why not? Let's 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 pick the least likely location. Let's go with it. <laughs> Kurt, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks, bud. We'll touch base as we get deeper in the playoffs. Take care. My pleasure. Kurt Eon, uh, he was the guy. He told me a month, shoot, five weeks ago, six weeks ago. Jody, one of the nice little fun side angles of the bubble is going to be all these guys on top of each other. We know how the NBA works. Guys like to have a partner and start a team. And he was uh, very adamant about it could be tampering central down in the bubble. Don't know if there's anything has come of it, but we'll have to see when we get to an off season. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.